fuel your team with Total Coffee from Staples Business Advantage. Our comprehensive program offers no upfront cost brewers, installation, maintenance, and supplies. Plus our incredible selection of coffee and beverages, including our new Pick Me Up Provisions brand. We handle everything from finding the best brewer to providing ongoing service, all at no cost with your minimum monthly spend on breakroom products. Visit staplesadvantage.com slash total coffee to get started. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Paul, what is up, my man? Andrew, I yeah, man, I miss you, dude. You've been traveling all over the damn Midwest and hunting deer, and I, I feel like I haven't seen you in like three weeks. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So we are back uh, at the at the house for a while. Months, months compound? The compound. But, there you uh, go, man. I'll tell you what. You... I, you told me to get some of that Beards of Legend oil, and I stopped in yeah. there the other day and picked some up. And let me Good. tell you, I, I got one of the scented ones that was recommended yeah. as a, a Paul Campbell uh, favorite, and I think I'm liking it. Allie said Which I sounded, one? She said I sounded, smelled like an old man. Uh, oh, but, come on, Allie. <laughs> uh, Which one did you get? Oh, boy. It has a red label. Damned Legend? Yep, that one. Oh, that's a good one. You smell like a woodsy, like like freaking Paul Bunyan, man. I, I like it. Good for you. Yeah, your beard is looking good. I you think. could shave it off at any minute. I think that you've come to uh, to enjoy it. And, I and... I kind of have. It gives me something to screw around with. When I'm bored. Yeah, so. there you go. Well, good deal, man. Anywho, uh, we are going to get into today's episode, and at this point, it is me and Paul. We're going to give you some rundowns of what's going on in the state. A little bit of recap. I've had a lot of people ask about our Michigan trip, so. I think we'll get into that. But first, our sp- thanks to our sponsors. Uh, like you guys hear us tell every week, thank you to the guys over at Go Wild and Girl, er, girl Women. Sorry, Erica. Uh, I, had to, I had to get, yeah, I get myself. God, you suck. Add it out. Just kidding. Good thing that's, your, pl- that's your place for, it's uh, good. for not worrying about that kind of stuff. But um, your social media platform for all things hunters, anglers, and everything under the sun for the outdoors. So this is the place to be. Super supportive community. They've been I've uh, been on there trying to pet, post and comment on different you know bucks that have gone down. Some awesome deer, oh, great support. This week I love seeing it. This week's item of the week, Paul. Stupid simple, but it's one of those yeah. things that once I used it, I was like, "This is brilliant." Yeah. 
I use it constantly. Every time I go hunting, the half rack snack pouch. This is what it's just a couple of bucks, man. It's not much. A little gray sack, it's a cinch sack, and it's like lined. It's food safe, waterproof. Awesome. Absolutely we're, awesome. We're going to talk a little bit okay. about, about my hunting endeavors in Pennsylvania. And I ended up with like, I had to actually pack food for the day because we were out the whole time. And the first day I didn't use it. And then I was like, and I, I'm digging through my pack, like trying to find all the, you know, snacks and stuff then i was like you idiot you have this thing that is specifically designed for snacks let's use that on day two perfect beautiful yeah yeah good stuff time to go wild.com check them out download it android apple find us on there o2 podcast find me paul campbell uh it's 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of deer pictures on there man i'm getting a little i got a little buck envy not jealousy envy i'm envious of those people uh so keep so keep them coming. So thanks to the newest member of the uh, O2 family. We've got Midwest Gunworks, MidwestGunworks.com. We're going to get someone on over to talk about building firearms. They got everything, everything. If you have a gun that you want to get fixed, you want to tinker on, you want to send it in to Midwest for, for some, some gunsmithing, nonstop, or like a one-stop shop, Andrew. Uh, you can use the code OhioOutdoors5, save 5%. Uh, pretty pretty good deal there. Use that code, man. Don't forget that thing. I have a bad habit of like hearing about codes on podcasts. I'm like, oh yeah, what was that code? Ohio Outdoors Five, the number five. Put it in MidwestGunWorks.com. Yes. And next up and, is Tethered. TetheredNation.com. Oh, uh, this is your saddle hunting uh, gurus out there. So much information on that website. Good gear. They just launched some new stuff. Um, looking forward to catching up. See that bow hanger that they've got? Yeah, sick. Dude, that thing was sweet. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty slick. Got a new pack out. There's, uh, yeah, they got a lot going on. So that's definitely a, a great resource. We appreciate their support. And uh, of course, First Light. Anybody knows me? I, I was wearing my First Light pants down to the conference today and got made fun of. Uh, but you know what? I love them. They're just was that a was that a hunting douche move? Was that was that? Did well, someone fire a shot at you for for being the the HD? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, that I, yes. So, but I I don't care. They're super comfortable and versatile and haters. Good stuff. Yep. There you go. Haters. So what do we got, man? News. News from around the state. There's gonna be something good. We need like a little. We need to figure out how to press a button on the board to do that. We are not that technologically advanced, Paul. <laughs> we are not. I still haven't killed a freaking deer. Uh, Hold on. You let's know. see if this works. Did you hear oh, sound? Nope, it didn't work. No. Yeah, this we'll try it. We'll try it. We'll try it again someday. So let's see news. News from the state. We've got uh, the gun numbers are in. All right. Uh, it was just wrapped up yesterday. So I was uh, a little so bit. It was last day. Yeah, I was a little bit concerned about this at first because I thought the numbers were it down. Was really low. Yeah, the first two days. But I know so it was low. there was some issues with the harvest reporting system. I think the online system went down for a moment there on the first day or something. Um, I didn't experience it personally because I didn't have a deer to um, tag or to uh, report. But overall, we've got 71,932 white-tailed deer were taken during the 2022 gun week that concluded on Sunday. So how does that compare? And I think that's always the number I look at, like, yeah, that's a lot of deer, man. But how does it compare? What does it look like adding on to um, the rest of the the year? So it's above the average, wasn't it? Three yeah, years. Yeah. So the three year average is sixty eight thousand five thirty four. So you're up there by what? A little over three almost, grand. Almost thirty five hundred deer. Wow. Compared to twenty twenty one, we're up by about fifteen hundred. So la- last year it was seventy thousand three hundred eighty one. Um, now in your in your press release from the state did it have the top counties for deer harvest in the uh, state of course don't take a shot let's go let's go backwards you want to go backwards uh yeah let's all go right backwards. so we got the top 10 Holmes, number 10 number nine washington number eight good old licking county number seven guernsey county six carroll county knox what is that five ashabula at four tuscarawas at three Number two, the folks out in Zville, Muskingum County, Zanesville area out that way. And number one, Coshocton County. And they took 2,457 deer. 
No. You know, I would like to think that it's like Muskingum, Kashak, and there's a decent amount of public land out there. But Athens, Vinton County, those weren't even in the top 10, were they? Uh-uh. And I, I know there's been some some EHD issues down there, but man, there's a ton of public land in those counties. They didn't even get they didn't crack the top ten. I spent the two days that I had available to gun hunt. I had a ton of work last week. Uh, I was in Hawking County at Clear Creek on that controlled hunt, and there's some deer dying. Yeah, there's some deer dying. Hunts, but uh, okay, so by my mind, what else you got? A couple of other notes on this. Uh, straight wall cartridges have been. Uh, legal since 2014 and this year they accounted for 55 percent of the deer checked during the seven day gun season wow Shot i wonder if that's first first time that that's majority of the that's a, that's that's interesting it's an interesting stat shotguns were 38 percent and then five percent were muzzle loader one percent archery equipment and then less than one percent with handgun and let's see there's something else on here I thought was interesting. All right, so this year, 376,617 deer permits have been sold. That was through Sunday. Uh, non-residents have purchased just over 38,000 of those. Uh, let's see. Most popular states that hunters travel from to come to Ohio. Oh, this is good. It's pretty... I think it's what you'd think for the most part. There's an I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vermont and New Hampshire top two. Oh, no. It's no. Pennsylvania and or Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, no. Michigan, West Virginia, North Carolina, and New York. So, wow. I saw a lot of, a lot of folks from Vermont and North Carolina uh, in this week. That's an interesting stat. Does it give the, the hunter, the out of state and the in-state resident uh, success rates? I guess we could figure that out. Yeah. It's not listed. Uh, on here the next thing they've got which this is important and i think it gets overlooked a lot and you know we, we always get razzed about wearing their your first light pants to a conference or whatever but Douche. hunting drives 866 million dollars of spending in ohio each year for the sale of food equipment fuel lodging and more um, that's according to the sportsman's alliance foundation so Eight hundred sixty-six yeah. million dollars. That's a lot. Um, yeah, and, and fishing is substantially more than that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But there's a there's yeah. a lot of money. There's a lot of jobs. So yeah. you know, I was watching. I guess I was watching one of the THP videos the other day up in Wisconsin, and they had similar numbers for what their gun season does as far as revenue for the state and local businesses and all that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that I I really do love to see that. And um, yeah, you know. I just came back from Pennsylvania. I remember driving past over there. It's obviously a big deal too. one of their gas stations or something. A big sign on it said, good luck hunters. Like that's America right there, man. People and communities, yeah. small communities supporting each other. And uh, yeah, the hunting heritage, that's a big, that's a big deal, man. It's an, it's important. It's overlooked by, by a lot of people. And I think for, for those of us, I mean, you and I, we've been hunting for 20 years uh, each it's up to us, the people that come into this sport, to this activity, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's up to us to, to, to kind of guide them through, you know, the heritage part of it and, and, and what it means to be, to, to be a hunter and the impact that hunting has on, on, on one. You just talked about it, the economic impact in the state, $866 million. That's a ton of money. This was a billion dollars in the state just generated by hunters. That is massive impact on communities, on businesses, on people and organizations. The, the the trickle down, and we've talked about this, is the conservation of hunting is conservation. Conservation is hunting. You can't have one without the other, and that's just how it works in in this this society and this system that we have. So, be proud of what we do as hunters. Be proud of the impact that we have and the work that we continue to do. So that's really neat, man. Eight hundred sixty six million dollars. That's that's cool. It's be proud of our heritage. Yeah, we're, we're creating it right now. You know, and that's a good segue into the next news article where ODNR is awarded $17 million to transform abandoned mine lands. And so when I first saw that, I'm like, $17 million, man, that's a lot of money. But when you compare it to $866 million that's been generated through the hunting, it's, yeah, yeah it's still a lot of money, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that's why all this stuff kind of works together, right? So um, they've got some abandoned line, mine economic revitalization going on. Uh, There's some grant funds that are in on that. 
uh, I actually hunted an old mine. And, and for us, for our, for those Athens County and Southeastern Ohio listeners, I, I was hunting the Millfield Mine Disaster Site. Dude, that place is wild. Beautiful. But it's it's a very tragic story about that location in Ohio. But it's an abandoned mine. I mean, there's like, there's like freaking mine shafts on this property. So pretty wild. And it looks like this money's being divided up between Athens County, Belmont County, Columbiana County, Lawrence County, Meigs County, Vinton County. Uh, so... A little bit of mine, mine country, yep. black diamonds, man. Yes, sir. So. All right. Uh, a couple more here. Good stories from around the, the, the state. We've got Lake Erie region officers recognized for life-saving actions. Um, let's see. Officer Nathan Rouse up uh, near Finley State Park. He saw somebody in a ditch that had hit a tree, and he got out and helped them. An overdose. Uh, he revived the driver who had a broken Jesus. neck. Ended up surviving the crash. Uh, wow. Officers Adam Triscuit and Trent Waters. Wait, wait, Triscuit like the like the snack cracker? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it spelled the same way? Uh, I don't. Maybe. I mean, if if someone if if you got like if you got stopped by like Officer Triscuit, and he introduced it himself as Officer Triscuit. I can't even not laugh saying it. I have, I, 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 you know. I don't hey. want to feel like I'm, I'm making fun of the guy, but I respect the guy in the position he had. I would laugh if he was like, Officer Triscuit. Like, wait a minute. Are you messing with me right now? I'm not like, did you just meow? What are we doing? I'd feel like I'm like to you. Do I look like a cat? <laughs> Do I look like a cat? Jump around all nibbly bimbly. Uh, <laughs> well, the, these guys, they uh, heard some honking in the park office parking lot. Upon investigation, they found a bow hunter who had accidentally shot himself in the foot. So. Let's was see. it Officer Shredded Wheat? Was that his partner okay. there? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, dad jokes. Yeah. So All right, move on. Officer, mute my mic. Can you mute me on this? Right. <laughs> oh, I'll just t- I'll just edit you right out. Uh, <laughs> officers Jeff Keller and Steve Masello patrolling Lake Erie. They received a distress call. Um, boat heading dangerously close to Erie County break wall. With about five feet to spare, the officers were able to turn the boat away from the break wall. Their quick oh action stopped the boat, which was carrying five passengers, including a young child, from crashing. Wow. So That's these, impressive. These guys are out Damn. there not just... Did these guys, like, jump off of the boat? What are they, like, off of their boat onto the speeding boat? Man, that's crazy. Good for those guys. Yeah. And we got... Well, let's see. Got some stones. What else? What else you got? There's one from down in southern Ohio. Investigator Troy Newman and Natural Resources Officer Sergeant Michael Campbell were called out to rescue a man who had been beaver trapping in the Scioto, in Scioto County when his kayak capsized. The officers uh. navigated through dangerous flooded timber to retrieve the man, provided hypothermia first aid, and transported him to EMS waiting on shore. So, oh, my God. What county was that? Scioto. Scioto. So I know yeah. a lot of times... These uh, our game officers and stuff kind of get a bad rap, um, but they're out there to help you and protect you and yeah. the wildlife and everything. So, yeah. kudos to you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a it's 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 a thankless job, man. It, it it really is. So, yeah. But but thank you to those guys, the the men and women that are out there. Oh, man, it's a dangerous job too. Thank you to, to to all those guys. So, you know, I. Do you have any other news? I have some news. I, so we, we have this we have this chart that we can see, and it, it's anyone can get on it. You can see where like podcasts fall, and and I every once in a while, Andrew, I'll check just to see where we're, uh, you know, where we're sitting. And I don't. This is the second time that we've been in like the the top one hundred in podcasts for the wilderness segment in Canada. Canada of all, like I don't understand. Like maybe there's a lot of Canadians coming down to hunt deer uh, or ducks or I, I, hell, I don't know, but it, we were like number 83 or something like that this week. <laughs> Thank you for listening uh, to our, 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 our Northern brothers. I, I love you. Appreciate it. But yeah, I always, I, it always strikes me as funny when I see that we, we pop into their, their top 100 there in Canada. So. And we could try to talk it's, in our, Terrible Canadian Canadian accents, you know. A lot of Luthers, eh? That was good, yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. Pretty good. Settle down over there. <laughs> so what else you got, man? Buddy, that's yeah, all. How I... was how how was how was PA, dude? Man. So you got you got so 
roller coaster of emotions with with PA. Um, you got bumped out, or you couldn't make it to the other one. Yeah, hail Mary. So hail Mary. yeah, change of plans. Called up. I had the tag bought already and everything, so I called up Mitchell Shirk over at the Pennsylvania Wood, Woodsman Podcast. Now I'm going to give a quick shout out to Mitch because if if you don't listen to his show, Mitch is younger than us, and I think he's like 30. That dude is he is sharp. I mean, he's sharp as a tack. And like his job is uh, in agronomy. He's very, very well versed in food plots because that goes hand in hand with agronomy. Uh, It it, it touches in what I do so I can speak that language with him to a certain degree. But um, the dude's super sharp. But I said, hey, Mitch, I got this tag. I got time off of work. What what uh, what are you doing next week? And he said, well. Why don't you come over like Thursday, Friday, Saturday? We'll, we'll we'll do some deer drives up at our deer camp. So I'm like, perfect. We'll get going. Um, I got headed out that way. It was a good haul of a drive. Beautiful drive through the the mountains of of Pennsylvania. But I Any got snow? out there. Uh, no, no snow, no snow. It it was cold when we were out there, but. You know, it was one of those things in life. Sometimes you got to take some chances and risk and stuff. And I'll be really honest with you, Paul. Like, I think we discussed. I had never met Mitch in person. We've talked to him on the phone numerous times, text with him all the time. But I had never met the dude in person. And I was like three quarters of the way there. And I'm like, I am about to walk into a camp where I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> good thing I don't have really have a problem talking to people and uh, yeah. whatever. But I got got there super super gracious host uh it was deer camp it was deer camp like you got the old pictures hanging on the wall of what they've you know things from the past um you would have loved some of them uh mitch's grandpa in his full red jumpsuit like you talk about all these camo patterns and stuff that people get all crazy about and here these guys are out there killing deer in pure red you know just warm clothes uh, but you had multiple generations, friends, you know, college roommates, uh, family members. We went out the first day and I've done deer drives in Ohio, but a, it's flat, uh, here and it's not nearly, you know, the terrain also on a smaller scale. And I think when we would push, it would be about 3000 acres or something and it would take up about the entire day, but it was good. It was um that was in ohio over over there i think they had sixty five thousand acres to screw around on so it's big woods it is deer drives but you still have to find the pockets and funnel them in the right direction and all that kind of stuff and uh watching mitch and his his uh family and and the co co camp members go through i took a couple pictures but they're going looking over the maps and mitchell's like a general okay and and he would just lay this out like he's well thought this out. I've heard him do shows with people who've, you know, driven in the past. And he's really got a really good idea how this works. He knows those woods. And he's like, we're going to put standards here, here and here. We're going to have the drivers push this and then wrap back around that way. Whatever. Like it was just very warlike. And um, it was it was an awesome process to watch. So the first day we got out there. Uh, let's see. We used radios and, and Mitchell does a pretty good recap of, of the whole camp on his show, or he's going to release that. I don't know when it comes out, but, uh, we used the radios to talk. Of course, my radio, um, it died. Uh, so they had to come find me in the woods, which was <laughs> standard, standard Andrew hunting adventure. But, uh, the second part of that, that day we went through a, a swamp that was in the middle of the mountains and it was a swamp. It was, it's unique. I wouldn't think that you'd have something like that up there and kicked up a really big mountain buck. And he went, nice. he went right to uh, one of the guys, Bobby put him down. I mean, and it, it, the way the drive was done, it, this there was not sprinting out. It wasn't like a running shot, you know, at a 200 yards. They bumped him just enough to get him to come out of this really thick, dark area put them down Paul that that deer drag was uh that put my physical fitness to the test because we had to go over two mountains get back to that truck and it was a couple miles but 
holy smokes it's not like dragging a deer out of flat ohio i mean i've i've drugged deer through vinton county and man that's miserable i can't i can't imagine what you guys were doing that's that's okay well, the deer was probably sure, why, why did you guys quarter it up and just one of the guys carry out a section one of the guys suggested that in hindsight that might have been the smart idea uh, well, did did people just like blow it off? Like, meh, <laughs> no, let's just drag it out. There's eight of us. Well, that's what it was. We had eight guys. Okay. And we had three points. We had two, uh, three ropes, basically. So we're like, oh, we'll just, we'll just rotate it. And, we, and they said to me, they're like, oh yeah, we just got to go over these two hills. Well, I'm looking at this big hill in front of us. And I saw like, uh, there was like a, where it leveled out and then went up over. So I'm counting like one, two. Well, we get all the way to the top of what I counted number two hill, and they are all right, one more to go. And I look, and it's this massive drop down, and then all the way back up. And I'm just like, wow, not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Here we, here we go. The, uh, and then, but the a funny part was we were going down the hill. I'm the middle guy on the drag. I had to get out of the way because the deer was sliding down that hill so fast that antlers were jamming me in my calf. I'm like, okay, this isn't <laughs> this isn't going to be good. So, whatever we we huffed it, we got the deer up. It was probably 175 pounds dressed. It was um, a big deer. It was a good sized deer. So. The pictures. Uh, I'm trying to think. The rest of that day was fairly uneventful. We saw deer on every drive. I think, but. The next day was really cool. So if you listen to Mitch's show, he's got, his, I think it's his brother-in-law, Robbie, who will get on the show with him sometimes. But Robbie's family deer camp is like 30 minutes away. They brought their guys down. So you took our 11 and their 11 or whatever. We had 22 guys out there. Again, Mitch being the general, setting this all up, then giving it to his, you know, captains or whatever is next in line. I apologize to the military folk out there. I'm not versed in that. But and then they would tell their people, right? So, all right, you you guys go that way and you guys go that way and everybody's on the same page. And we kicked up one one of the guys from the other camp put an 8 point down early in the day. Uh and then it got quiet for a while. And on the last drive, which honestly was, as far as landmass goes, it was the smallest of the drives. But they had all, they were, that patch of briars and thicket was so full of deer. There was three or four shooters that came out. One of them went down. Uh, Mitch's dad, congratulations, Jeff, on a beautiful mountain buck. Got that one. A doe was taken. And then I almost got run over by a deer. Now, if you haven't punted, uh, hunted over there, they do have antler point restrictions. So this buck comes out, and he's probably like 50 yards away from me. And I see him come out. And if he was smart, and what I thought he was going to do is just going to go from one thick area to another thick area. And it was in between this, like, stream. You know, it was only, like, 40 yards wide or something. He comes across the stream, takes a 90-degree angle, and comes right at me. And I'm sitting there. And I'm excited, but I'm like, and he, he, he shot out of the thick stuff. By the time he was over the stream and turned to me, he had slowed down. He was still moving, but not sprinting coming right at me. And I sat there and counted one, two, one, two, you got to have three points on a side, right? For a deer to be legal. One, two, one, two. I think I counted it three or four times and he was getting closer and closer and closer coming right at me. I'm sitting next to a tree. And I'm just like, I cannot make up a third point <laughs> anywhere on this deer. So he got to me within five yards. We're looking eye to eye. And then he like realized, oh, you're not supposed to be here. And boom, took off like a rocket and put it into the high t high gear. And so he was gone. But uh, yeah, and I'll tell you the other thing that was cool about that whole idea of that hunt was... Uh, they had bear season open. So you had a bear tag and you had the opportunity. If they kick one of those up, you could, you could take home bear. And, uh, that's not something outside of our buddy Terrence, who we'll talk about here in a bit. Not, not something I've been around a whole lot. And then they have taken yeah. bears on that drive, those drives before. So all in all fabulous trip, uh, camaraderie in that cabin was amazing. Super welcoming. Uh, learned a lot. 
I ate Scrapple. I've never had Scrapple before. I'm not even going to try to describe what it was, but it was it was well done. It was good. Um, and I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. So, what about what you, Paul? Trip. Uh, definitely not as entertaining as yours. I, I only hunted two days. I'll, I'll keep it short. Uh, clear Creek controlled hunt. It was cool, man. Saw, saw a really nice deer come out of there. Uh, that is a hilly, hilly property. So went down there with my buddy, Kenny had a great time. Thanks to him for, uh, for tagging, bringing, bringing me along. Um, he got one. It was fun. He did. Yeah. He, he shot Kenny. Kenny shot a really nice buck. Uh, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday of uh, of gun season uh, out uh, in I believe he's in Muskingum County, Muskingum Licking somewhere somewhere out there at, uh, at a friend's house. So congratulations to him, man! Super happy for him. Uh, but yeah, I, I my year of mediocrity continues, my friend. So I'm going to Killbuck Marsh on Saturday. I got a controlled hunt up there that I'm participating in. So. Other than that, man, I, I'm waiting for my controlled uh, controlled hunt, archery hunt, all of January. So we're gonna do some some deer, some some last ditch, last minute whitetail uh, talk. We're gonna get someone smarter than me to uh, to talk about that. But yeah, as far as anything fun in deer woods, nothing. I'm looking forward to duck season. Duck season starts down here uh, on Saturday. So as soon as I'm done with that hunt, I'm gonna transition to to hunting hunting ducks and geese and. Uh, See how that goes. I want to go out with you one of these days. See what it's like. Yeah, we'll for yeah, we'll for sure do it. I've been seeing a lot of geese moving around. Get the we had a couple really cold days, cold windy days. Man, you see geese everywhere. Haven't seen a ton of ducks uh, in the spots that I'm hunting. A lot of geese though. So I'll tell you. Good. But yeah. So you want to dive in? How much? How much Michigan talk you want to do? You do it all. Let's do it, man. I've had people ask me. They want to know. People want to know. The people want to know. Give them what they want to know. You so start. we went to we went to Drummond Island. We've talked about on the show. Went with uh, Bobby Herta from Wicked North, Glenn Reich from Kelly Brand Management, guys that we've gotten to know over the last couple of months. Great dudes. Uh, dude, it was I, – I we've talked about it at various points, so I, I think we can kind of touch on the place is wild. Like, it looks super cool. It's a freaking island for it off. It's cool. Um the, the the flora, the trees, the landscape, the rocks, it was so different than anything we have in Ohio. So um Yeah, it was. It was definitely yeah. one of those things like uh as we were going up there, we had uh, I don't know if we talked about it or not, but it, every gas station had a pallet of carrots, a pallet of yeah. corn, a pallet of apples, and a pallet pallet of sugar beets. Baiting is legal on, it, on public property in on, on drummond island on drummond island yes i don't think it's legal anywhere else in the state however up there it was legal and it was very prevalent uh it was something like we bought some because we didn't really know what to do uh you know if everybody else is doing it i dumped out a thing a thing of carrots never went back down over it yeah <laughs> just it's just how the, the week went so i'm sure someone killed something off my carrot pile but or some happy deer out there um yeah. definitely a weird place to hunt i think it, the the terrain reminded me of kind of like that big woods feel. We talked a lot about as we were driving out and you could take side by sides or quads or whatever. As you went out, um, they had ORV pass off-road vehicle paths and the rocks and how it would go. The, the terrain on that side was different because you would be going over an area and be like pea gravel. And the next thing it'll be like slate really flat. And then almost like a stamped concrete feel. And then you'd be on these boulders. It was like you were driving on the side of Alaska. Um, yeah, it was wild, man. We, we drove around the entire island a couple of times. It was like six different terrain types on one island. And this is a massive island. Like this is, I mean, it's an hour from side to side. So it's uh, definitely it's pretty yeah. big. And then you get these patches of like dark timber where I don't, I mean, we walk through some of them. In the middle of the day, I, and it, I walked through a lot of it, yeah. And it was like dark, like really couldn't see, dark. yeah, yeah. It was aspens and hemlocks and pines, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, it's funny. So when we were, we're when we were going up there, uh, we heard that there are wolves on the island, and I talked to some people from Michigan, like there are no wolves on Drummond Island. There are for sure confirmed 
wolves on Drummond Island. So that was a new experience for me, hearing them howl, hearing them bark. I mean, it's just like, it was, it, it, it was wild. It was cool. The first, it was funny. I was hunting by myself. I would think it was probably a thousand to 1200 yards from, from everyone else. And those wolves started howling. I'm like, Nope, hunt's over. <laughs> I got back into your side by side and took off. There's like 30 minutes left. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not dragging a deer. I'm not gunning a deer or dragging a deer out in this. I'm out. So those guys hit the howl and I'm like, nope. Yep, it was pretty cool here. though. It was a neat. Um, yeah. What so, else? What? Do, well, what do, I'm trying to think what else we're forgetting. Uh, you know, cabin got, sitting in the cabin on the pond. It's beautiful, beautiful trip. That was beautiful good. country. So, well, we yeah. get out there, right? And I told my archery story. First day we were there, it was archery season. The whole idea of the blind being close by and the guys pulling up on a trail, you know, the blinds on a trailer, all that, whatever. We go offered gun season uh, first day. And uh, I was about 8.30, and we had a doe walk between us, you and I. Put her down. I had a doe tag for up there, so got that taken care of. Um, and then that was interesting because we gutted her and then left the pile. I don't know. She was like 50, 60 yards from me. Um, put her back in the side-by-side, and then I went and hung in that same tree for the rest of the afternoon. As you're getting down out of the tree, like you were talking about the wolves, uh, you know, there's a fresh gut pile that's really not that far away. I, you're a little bit cautious walking out of the woods, and and you know it gets dark quick up there and all that. So it does get dark quick up there. That dark that dark timber, man. We we are just not used to. I mean, we're talking like a hundred acres intermix in this giant i mean i think the total property that we were hunting this the, the forest was i think i saw sixty two thousand acres or something like that Does that sound right yeah i mean you just have these massive swaths of for for a half a mile of just this dark timber and you could not see it was gorgeous in there a lot of deer sign a lot of bear sign a lot of wolf sign but man it was it was tough. So it was so dark, and I the only shooter buck that I had get somewhat close to me never stepped out of this dark timber. I was hunting like this little kind of cutover. Never came out of the dark timber. He was tending the doe. I, I I watched this doe for forty minutes, and this this buck, and he happened to be on just one of the few pieces of private property. Um, just never presented a shot, and just stayed in that dark. You could I could barely see him. I mean, every once in a while, I just get a little glimpse of them. It was it, stuff would just disappear there as soon as it walked in or out of it. It was it was wild. And just to be clear, like they had the antler point restrictions up there too. Three, yeah, three points on a side. As many doe that we saw up there, the bucks were very very elusive. I really thought that was the middle of November. Yeah. I thought we'd get some rutting activity. There wasn't an, anything going on along those lines. So that part. I mean, anticlimactic, but, you know, we didn't bring home any shooter bucks. But the uh, the the hunt itself was tough. I felt like I saw a lot of deer being up in that saddle, but I didn't see the right deer. And yeah. then hunting from the ground was difficult. The terrain itself, like we've talked about that, but it was also weird. You have these really dark patches of timber. But, like, where we sat that one night, you and I and Glenn were out in the middle of that little thicket. It was like a meadow in the middle of... Uh, it was beautiful. It was surrounded by that dark timber. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely surrounded. And it was just beautiful. And we thought for sure You'd see like, we're going to see something. We out. saw nothing. I mean, absolutely no deer movement. And it was spitting snow and it was cold and it was windy. You know, not crazy wind, but but we were literally hunting on top of a wolf den. Like you could see where these things had like just dug and gone into. You see freaking wolf tracks everywhere. And yeah. It was crazy, man. So that's kind of the we what do we do Tuesday Thursday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday hunting but uh that's kind of like the 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 story of the actual hunt itself I'd be happy to go back up there again I and give it another it was world. a blast yeah uh, I think we you know I really want a doe tag I mean I had I had I had I had freaking does within 10 feet of me with the the first 20 minutes and 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 you ended up hearing them blow you know and they kind of rolled up but i mean they were all over me man the yeah. does were i mean we think that we have a problem here in ohio with those it was it was everywhere I and mean, we saw does everywhere everywhere at at 11 o'clock in the morning eating on the side of the road yeah. right like they were yep. just everywhere during the gun season there's yeah. 
And there's a thousand doe tags sold on that island every year. I'd be interested to see how many people are taking does off that property. Probably not as many as a thousand. I can guarantee yeah. that. But, yeah. uh, but you know, the fun part, Paul, <laughs> had nothing to do with actually when we were out in the woods. So, no. What was that? The first thing? This is right after, right after we recorded the podcast that everyone listened to. Yes. Tuesday. The... Yeah. We we're sitting there after dinner, right? And yeah. just I have to say this. We did watch Escanaba in the moonlight like six times, thanks to Derek uh, Tolls down there at Go Wild, you know, who introduced us to that. So uh, if it wasn't for Derek, I wouldn't be so enlightened in life. But Legend. We were probably legendary movie. Probably watching that, sitting around just bullshit. And all of a sudden we hear this like. It almost sounded like somebody was stomping their shoes on the deck and we're like, yeah. what the it was the sled. It was on the trailer. The beaver tail got flipped off of the trailer. Yeah. That's what I heard. And it, it's, you know, so we hear this noise outside. No. Nope. Glenn runs to the one door. He's like, oh, my God, it's a wolf. And then. Well, so he, he didn't say it right away. He's just like, he's like, I feel like that's a wolf. I feel like something's missing or something's there. He's like, I think something took your deer. And he's like, oh, my God, it's a wolf. Like screams it. And then Bobby runs over. He's like. No, it's a bear. And I'm just like, it's taking my deer. And you, hey, bear. bear. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I could say. I ran out. I'm like, hey, bear. That's all, that's Paul, all I could say. It's a person came out, to mind. Flashlight in tow. Next thing you know, there is a 300-pound yogi that is dragging this doe across the yard like a rag doll. And like nothing. Absolutely it, nothing. It had gone up on the trailer. Pulled it off, flipped the sled off, pulled it off, and just drug it across. And then what? For the next hour, hour and a half, we played yeah. cat and mouse with this bear. Because we're trying to figure out how to get this bear. Like, there aren't any good trees to hang this deer from. And we're just like, this This thing would like come. It, it wasn't charging us. So I, I, I didn't feel in danger at all. But there was a moment I'm like, we got to get this damn thing up on the on the deck. Because this thing, the, the bear kept coming back out, and so you come out like you had you had your, your pistol, you're gonna fire a shot off the, if it if it changed, and it just it was with like in twenty feet of us the entire time, just like or twenty yards, maybe closer than that at some point, just trying to like find a, a moment to come in. So and Paul, licking blood off the deck, and Paul named him Terrence, <laughs> so he had a name. Yeah, that, that came early in the story. Um, so Terrence the bear. We, we fended him off for at least an hour. Flashlight, pistol, just we didn't actually shoot at the bear for the record. Uh, we were just no, prepared. No, no, we, we didn't. And we drug the deer we back. We took more video of the bear than anything. Yeah. We drug the deer back, but we're at the same time. And mind you, it's cold. We're outside. We're trying to game plan on what the hell to do with this bear because, like Paul said, we didn't have any branches. We didn't have any trees. We didn't have anywhere to put this bear. It's not we, we can't bring it inside. It's warm. I mean, one of the ideas we came up with was to butcher it that right then and there. And this is like 1030 at night. Yeah, man. Tired after a day of hunting in the cold. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't ready to butcher that thing. I don't like to rush that. No. So Bobby let us graciously borrow his truck and we tossed the deer into the truck and drove it down into town. So his that, truck had a cap on it. Yeah. yeah. So that it was away from this bear. The the whole time, though, like one person is videotaping, uh, recording all this. One person is standing there with a flashlight and a pistol. Uh, the other people are dragging the deer and trying to get it into the, the pickup truck while keeping Terry at bay. So, old scary Terry. Scary uh, Terry. And, you know, the funny part was, as the week went on, so the next day I brought the deer back, I butchered it, I put it in the freezer. But I didn't know anything to do with the carcass. So what I do? I put it back on the trailer. Well, guess who came and took it off the trailer from us? Uh, so Scary Terry then took the carcass to his hole, his den, whatever you want to call it, which I'm 99% sure was the culvert in between these two cabins because every day we... He was the, always around. He was took always, a casserole off the deck the next day. I mean, the best part was when, like, he well, Terrence ripped the tail off of your deer, which at I, some point in the drag. And so like you 
you would just find this just tail on the freaking trailer. Which are you? It's just I have, and it's hanging yeah. in my barn. As that's my reward. I got yeah. that back from Terry. Yeah. But how about? Yeah. It was a couple days later. I get a knock at the door, and it's the maintenance people from this property. Uh, yeah, we're getting complaints about the deer carcass laying in the yard. Can you do something about that? I'm like, well, there's a bear here. Uh, he, you know, lives over there in that pipe, and he comes and takes it every day. I don't really know what to do with it. Well, uh, can you put it in one of our dumpsters or something? Oh, no, he goes, oh, yeah, sir. There, There's a lot of bears on this island, and I just want to be like, no shit, Sherlock. I know there's a lot of bears on this island, but I'm telling you, right now, that bear is in that culvert pipe, and he comes out at night, and he comes very close to everybody. Maybe this is normal if you live up in the UP, but I don't know. I I find I feel like old Scary Terry, he gonna, he's going to take a bite out of somebody at the wrong time one of these days, and somebody's yeah. going to in trouble. Like, you probably need to do something about this bear, because he's not <laughs> tiny. He's not a little bear. Oh. I showed Mitchell a, a picture of that bear when I was over in Pennsylvania, and he's very familiar with bears, he's like, and I think I, I said it's about two hundred fifty pound bear. He goes, "Oh no, dude, that's at least a three hundred pound bear. Like that's yeah. a good size bear." Well, I mean, there was there's a point to so the so Bobby and I drive out, uh, park his truck, drive back, uh, and we get there, and the and the damn bear is on the trailer licking the blood, and we're we're on a side by side, and I pull up, I'm like, "Well, here we go," and so we get out. And this bear runs and he's, I mean, he's like 25, 30 feet from me and he stands up to climb this tree. And this bear, I mean, I'm six, three, six, two, six. This damn thing was a foot and a half taller than me. And this is a big bear. When he stood on his hind legs, I was like, oh, shit. Dude, <laughs> and he was climbing the trees. That's yeah. so impressive. Like he just shimmy, super shimmy athletic, right, man. <laughs> shimmy right up those things. So. Yeah. No, it was it was cool. The best part of it really was like all of the, the like in all of the panic and just and just running around trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do. And I get, you know, back by bear. The jokes that came out of it were really funny. Like I, the, the, how he got Terrence was, you know, I, I made a comment about, you know, he you know, I'm sure he's been you know stealing people's pot gummies because weed in marijuana. If you've, if you've not been to Michigan, it's like every 30 feet, there is a free dispensary. Right. Everywhere. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just that's just the facts. They are everywhere i'm like it's freaking bearish been out eating pot gummies and now he's got the munchies he's trying to get your bear as we're going to come in and you're going to be like hey guys here's terrence he's he's just high as hell watching sooty deer camp so just the jokes were awesome man and and if you're listening i'm sure you've got good deer camp stories too but man it was you know it's just the it's just those moments man were freaking hilarious so yeah i might we might get a t-shirt or two out of that trip we gotta get some designs we've together some t-shirt ideas written down uh very 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 excited about that so you can buy the t-shirts that we do have currently at the o2podcast.com click on the shop tab and you can order them andrew will hand deliver any orders over five thousand dollars and i will be there too your five thousand dollars shit we're gonna go to your house thank you all right i'll give you that i'll give you that one paul for a second there i was about to say false No. Uh, what else, man? What else? I mean, yeah, the, the deer camp was fun. The bear was great. Was a ton of snow. It's the only snow that I've seen all season. Got a couple inches. Drove back through um, like a foot of snow. It's on some some parts. It was yeah. clear. I, I will give the Michigan road folks. They did a damn good job clearing the roads for us. So, yeah, that was a good trip. So, uh, if. You know, in both of these stories, the Pennsylvania and the Michigan one, you know, if if you guys have never gotten out to hunt another state, I think it's a good challenge and it's a good idea opportunity that you just got to go out and do it sometime. I think, Paul, you know, we we had kind of agreed to do this back in July. And as it got closer, I'm like, man, that's a long way. And I don't know much about Michigan and I don't know much UP and wolves and all this kind of stuff. But if you do your homework and stuff and you know, it's not always about being successful with hunting and, and killing deer. Uh, a lot of times it's the friends you make and the, the time you have, but yeah, we got some sure. surrounding States, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, Michigan that are going to offer you up much, perhaps much different uh, landscapes than what you have. If you're in say Western Ohio. So yeah. get out there and, and, and take that challenge. If you've always been sitting in the same 
you know, 40 acres on the same tree and everything else. And you want to take it to another level or, or, or just see what you can do in the big woods. Some really, really good opportunities. And realistically, the tag cost, we're not talking a $1,000 elk tag uh, or anything like that. You can do this relatively cheap, get a buddy to share the gas with you and that kind of stuff. So Yeah. I mean, as far as like tags and license, it was less than, it was like 170 bucks for everything in Michigan. And no no drawing. I mean, I yeah. the lottery for the dough thing, but whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not. No points, points. needed. Yeah. It was a it was. It, it, a very easy process so don't let uh don't be intimidated by that so, yeah. so i think that kind of recaps the the main... yeah it was a great it was a great time man yeah that recaps kind of like the main points of our our trips there and i don't know we'll see what else happens the rest of the year maybe we'll uh we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with some of the upcoming shows so we'll keep you in the loop on that but i imagine we'll have some good stuff for you uh as we move closer yeah yeah, we'll have some what we got some good some good guests coming on and um yeah. Thanks for listening, man. Absolutely. If you feel yeah, so inclined, please leave us a review on whatever podcast software you use. Uh follow us on Go Wild uh O2 Podcast. Uh Instagram is the dot o two dot podcast. Website the O two podcast dot com. I don't know. What else, Paul? Anything else on that front? That's that's it, man. When you do your social media, so doing your Christmas shopping, please take a look at our sponsors. Uh, they all have some really great things to offer. And next next week we'll we'll be back at it for you. So that's it, man. Yeah. Next week gonna be fun. Good luck this weekend, Paul, and good luck to anybody else out there uh, doing your thing. Be safe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.